four of my early podcasts back when they were short and punchy coming up on the anti-woke podcast i think in the last six months i've gone from like 20 listeners to 40 listeners so most or all of you have not heard these and they're probably pretty good i don't know plus i like to listen to my own podcast the new episode each morning and when i'm taking a shower so i need something for tomorrow morning these podcasts are from roughly February 2021. So I guess Biden will be building the wall, not taking it down. So today there was a hole cut in the wall between Mexico and America, and a couple vehicles drove through it. One vehicle, an SUV containing 25 people, the other one containing 19 people. And, you know, I don't know who these people are. They really are not good at what they do, I guess. Smugglers. You know, these are they're full of illegal immigrants and people are trying to smuggle them in. And so the SUV with the 19 people, it burst into flames. And, uh, anyways, no one was hurt. And I guess those people will all be going back to where they came from. And... As we know, the terrible tragedy, the other group, the 25 in one vehicle, I guess seats were removed. I was like trying to figure out how the heck do you fit 25 people into like a Ford Explorer or whatever it was. I don't even think it was an excursion. And the answer is you take out the seats and I guess you just, whatever. It must have been a terribly cramped, terrible situation. And it was adults, not kids, or at least from what I heard. Facts may change. This is all real recent. But anyways, so they cut a hole in the wall, they drove through, and, you know, it was almost two groups of 20 people dead. And so there's obviously no way that Biden can just leave that hole in the wall. So, there you go. Biden is building the wall. I mean, if this had happened under Trump, oh my God, the media would be... I don't know what they would be doing, but it obviously would be Trump's fault. They would say, this is Trump's fault. Your wall is not... I don't know what they say. What would they say? Like... Your wall is not strong enough, Trump. Whatever, it would all be complete hypocrisy. But there you go, Biden is building the wall, so the tragedy, I mean, I wish that hadn't happened, but there's some schadenfreude in the fact that Biden will have to build the wall. Okay, thanks for listening. So I recently learned about this I mean, there was an attack, whatever. There was a riot outside the White House on May 30th and May 31st of 2020, last year. And 60 Secret Service agents were injured. I think 14 critically. So as comparison, uh, I looked up the cap, the capital, the storm, the, so, the storming of the capital. That was 138 uh, like federal law enforcement agents injured. So 60, it's about half, a little less than half. But the crazy thing is, is everyone's heard of the January 6th one. I never even heard of this May 30th, 31st thing that happened until I recently heard about it. And I went and, you know, I went went to Google News and, like, tried, you know, went back in time to see the articles that were written. Uh, there's a CNN article. It's, like, two paragraphs long that just says, yeah, they were rioting at the White House and they hurt 
60 Secret Service agents. And it's like, I mean, that, and that's like it. Like, that was, that was almost the only article I could find on it. Well, I wasn't looking for Fox. Fox News, I think, has... I think Fox News also did an article like that. So basically, that's the two articles. Like, CNN had one just barely more than a paragraph. And I didn't read the Fox News. You know, I, w- I want to hear it from the left wing. I want to hear, I want to hear it from the left wing. You know, I, then I know it's true. Like, you know, when they, when they say stuff that they absolutely do not want to say, when they hate to say it, and they say it anyways, then you know it's true. Yeah, that's maybe the only time you can trust the left wing, but that's when you can. And vice versa. When the right wing tells you something that they hate to tell you, you know, if Fox News, on the, you know, on the week where they support Trump, you know, they've kind of been flip-flopping back and forth lately, but, you know, if, if they're in their Trump-supporting mode and they tell you Trump did something bad, you can believe it. Because, you know, they didn't want to tell you that, but whatever, the truth went out. So CNN had a, yeah, two paragraph, two short paragraphs about the 60 people. And that's it. It basically just tells you 60 people hurt. hurt. And Washington Post, I went and found them. Like, they, they have an article about the riot on that date. They don't mention Secret Service agents at all, so... There are some articles that are like, a riot happened outside the White House. And here's the thing that people will remember. Trump went to a bunker. So that's, that's basically all there was. Like, hey, America, Trump went to a bunker. And they didn't, you know, and, and hey, America, here's where we're not mentioning. There were people outside the White House throwing bricks, hitting Secret Service agents in the head, lighting fire to everything they possibly could. I mean, if they had gotten into the White House, they would have burned it to the ground. And if they could have grabbed Trump, they would have ripped him to pieces. I mean, like literally, you know, like I'm gonna take I'm gonna take his thumb home as a souvenir. Anyways, but I was talking to a friend, he's like, ah, you know, that's a false equivalency. That that ain't nothing compared to the January 6th attack. And I don't know, we went back and forth a little bit on that. Uh, obviously, you know. No one is changing their opinion about anything. That's the, that's the first rule about arguing about politics is no one is changing their opinion. Just, did you enjoy saying what you said? Well, hopefully you did, because otherwise there's no point in doing it. But so I like to, I enjoy saying what I say sometimes, even though it ain't going to change no one's opinion. And uh, anyways, long story short, I was like, if a bunch of Trump supporters went to the White House started throwing bricks at Secret Service agents, trying to bust in, trying to light everything on fire, basically trying to burn the building down and kill Joe Biden. This thing would be front page of every outlet, you know, for the next month. It'd be just like January 6th, uh, storming of the Capitol all over again, right? It'd be the storming of the White House. But uh, because it was Trump, basically they didn't write anything about it at all. I mean, it's pretty amazing. I like when things are like so clear-cut about hypocrisy. You know, storming of the Capitol, injured 138, killed one police officer, although apparently they're not telling the, that police officer's family his cause of death. So there's something fishy going on there. I and mean, why wouldn't you just say it? You know, I mean, they got, a, they got tons of videos. You're like, here's a picture of the guy who killed the police officer. It would be pasted across all of America. That guy would get caught in two seconds. So, anyways, something weird's going on there. Maybe they, you know, we'll tell you in six months when people, when people are not as crazy about stuff. Um, anyways, it's just so they basically they had a half of a storming of the Capitol at the White House, and there was no articles written about it. 
you know, like a, a paragraph here, you know, a mention there. It is, it is so, the hypocrisy is so clear, it's amazing. I love, I love when the hypocrisy is just clear, just clear as day, so. All right, thanks for listening. So James Lindsay was on the Braver Angels podcast with John Wood Jr. Great podcast when John Wood Jr. is hosting. And they were talking about systemic racism, institutional racism, like there's another name for it. And it got me thinking. Like Coca-Cola recently had a thing where they got all their employees to take a seminar that told them that white people were bad, you know, whiteness equals arrogance and stuff like that. Basically, if you're white, you're evil. And so they've been doing it in corporate media, or corporate, sorry, corporations have been, you know, doing this stuff. The media has been promoting this stuff. Uh, academia promotes it like crazy. And like in schools, for instance, they make the teachers take classes on how to not be a racist, basically. You know, they take teachers who absolutely love every one of their children. Doesn't matter the color. They love them to death. They would do anything for them. You know, they're spending their own money on supplies and working late into the night grading papers and etc. And now they got to take these, uh, you know, during COVID online classes. And I'm sure from now going forth, there's going to be like a yearly don't be a racist class for all teachers. And that part doesn't really matter. You know, you sit there, you keep your mouth shut, and you get out after an hour if you're a teacher. Or you're one of these corporation things. But what that does, like say, you know, say you're like a third grade black kid. And you learn that your teacher takes a yearly don't be a racist class. I mean, it, whatever, two plus two equals four. You don't, give a non, you don't give a don't be a racist class to a teacher unless they're a racist. And they do it to, you know, it's going to be every single teacher, every single administrator, etc. Probably even the ones who are black or Hispanic or whatever. And so just imagine the two plus two equals four that goes through this little kid's head and older kids. It's like every teacher here is a racist. I mean, it's almost like slavery again. Like, you know, if, if you were a slave and every teacher was a slave owner, then it would be your duty to not do what they say. You would need to fight them, you know, justify, you know, justifiably back in the slave days, you need to fight the evil slave owners with every ounce of effort you can muster. And so basically... We're teaching black kids today, uh, you need to fight your teachers with every ounce that you can muster. I mean, there's nothing more counterproductive that I've ever freaking heard of. And, you know, and, you know, a few years from now, we're going to find out, oh, just like the murder rates have shot through the roof since BLM, right? You know, kind of the, whatever, black lives are important. From 2013 to today, murder rates are through the roof. So, oh, that's the opposite of what we wanted. And so the same thing is going to happen here, where it's like, okay, we're going to teach teachers to not, we're going to make teachers take non-racism classes. And then, oh my God, the, you know, the test score gap is widening. What is going on here? Like, every time they do this, they get the opposite result. Like, you know, they're, you know, I think like woke people, they, what woke people want to do, they do want to hurt white people a little bit. 
They want to hurt them a little bit. Like, you know, if it left black people the same and they could hurt white people a little bit, then that would be great. And what they really, you know, and ideally what they want to do is hurt white people a little bit and then help black people a whole bunch. You know, have those two things kind of be tied together somehow. But the irony of it is, is that, you know, these classes, they don't hurt white people that much. So end result is you hurt white people a little bit and you hurt black people a ton. You know, and it's probably going to take five, ten years for them to, you know, how, how many years do you want to hurt black people before you admit you're wrong? I think the answer to that is five, ten years. They ain't changing now. And when, and when it's finally clear that that's what they did, you know, so that third grader is now, you know, graduated from high school and is a lost, whatever, you, lo you lost one. You had a good kid and you lost him. Uh, then they'll say, well, my heart was in the right place. And boy, those people should really... I really wish that they would feel absolutely as terrible as they should, but they won't. Okay, thanks for listening. So I was listening to the Lotus Eaters podcast. I don't recommend it. It's not that good. I wish it was better. But they were talking about reparations because the city of Bristol in the UK, I guess all the, whatever, the city politicians got together and, you know, all gave speeches about how they think reparations are a great idea. They didn't have any specifics, I don't think, which, that's too bad. I mean, I'd like to hear specifics, but anyways, they had none of those that I could tell. And then they played a clip from, well, they played a bunch of clips, clips of those politicians, and they played other clips. And one of the clips they played was Coleman Hughes from, I think it's probably about 2018, when he went in front of uh, Congress and, uh, you know, gave a lecture or whatever a written speech uh, about reparations. And his point was that, or what, yeah, what he was saying was that, first off, he's wealthy, his parents are wealthy, you know, he, do, he doesn't need reparations. Coleman Hughes is a black man, by the way. His uh, father is black, and like a investment banker or something, and his mother is Puerto Rican, so. That's his heritage, and he's like, I don't need reparations. And I don't think black people need reparations, not at least not the way you guys are talking about it. What black people need are, you know, health care, good schools, you know, neighborhoods that are safe, you know, the same thing that everyone needs, but, you know, that poor black people don't have. They got bad schools and dangerous neighborhoods. And uh, I don't know about the health care thing, but... So it got me thinking a little bit about reparations, and now the other thing the Lotus Eaters guys were talking about, they were talking about the country of Benin, which is a, a West African country near or possibly next to Nigeria, and that's where a lot of a lot of the uh, slaves that you know went to America and stuff came from, you know, from uh, kingdoms that are in what is now Benin. And, and there's like a couple of groups of people in Benin, or probably many, many groups of people in Benin. And so one of those groups is the one that, you know, they had all the warriors and they went out and they, uh, you know, they'd conquer, they'd conquer people, conquer a group of people and then sell them into slavery to, you know, to Europeans. And so today... 
Apparently the rich people in Benin are the people who are descended from those people, from the, 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 the kingdom, the kingdom that was the one who was, basically they were slave traders. So they were African slave traders. And so those people have the most money now, their descendants. And the other groups, the ones that were getting conquered and sold into slavery, they're the ones who are the poor people in Benin. So the lotus eaters were, you know, like, well, what about, you know, does that, does the one group owe the other group reparations in Benin? Which, you know, I think we, I think we would say you probably can't do a lot of reparations within Africa between groups. Probably not going to work. I mean, a lot of those countries are not doing so hot. But it got me thinking about reparations, and I think there's there's been slavery, you know, throughout human history. I think, you know, Native Americans did slavery. Everyone did slavery. You know, white people enslaved other white people. You know, for a long time, you know, white people lived in one part of the world, and they didn't know about other groups. Same thing with, like, black people lived in one part of the world. They didn't know about other groups. You know, before they built these big ships... Whatever, all your slaves were people that looked, you know, looked somewhat like you because that's the only people you could run into and enslave. So, you know, everyone, everyone enslaved everyone, I believe, all across the world, you know. I don't know about the Inuit. They probably had slaves too, though. Maybe not. So basically, everyone's ancestor was a slave at some point. Everyone has ancestors who were slaves. Now, I don't know if everyone has ancestors who are slave masters, but they probably do too, because a lot of times, you know, a slave master will uh, will rape their slave. So, you know, basically, everyone has everyone has both of those things in their history. So, you know, it gets a little complicated. You're going to be like, I need reparations from, you know, from some guy in Russia. But then that guy in Russia, he needs reparations from some guy in France. And then, you know, it goes in a circle until, you know, boom, all of a sudden, I have to pay reparations to someone. So, you know, it's kind of never-ending. But it is ending, right? People, like right now, we know, we know who wants reparations. It's, they want black, black Americans, you know. Dependents of sla- descendants of slaves, or maybe, you know, or do immigrants get it too? But anyways, black Americans, or maybe just descendants of American slave slavery type Americans, well, they want reparations, and they want the U.S. federal government to pay for it. And, I mean, you know, they did get screwed over, or their ancestors really did get screwed over, and they're not doing so hot today, or some some of them are not doing so hot today. So, you know, it makes a certain sense. But I guess here's my point. Basically, since everyone in the world could want reparations for slavery, you know, if you open the door wide enough, but basically, it seems like... Here's the cutoff. The slaves in your ancestry, you know, had to have been slaves... In the last couple hundred years, right? We're not going to go farther back, you know. If, if you, if you're, you know, if your if your ancestors stopped being slaves five hundred years ago, well, yeah, then you're you're out of luck. So, basically, people are like you know, if they were, had to choose a date, okay, what is the date at which you can't go past 
they would look at, you know, they'd be like, uh, I don't know, how about 1776? Anything before that, you're out of luck. And then you'd be like, okay, well, you know, they had slavery in Benin after 1776. And you'd be like, well, okay, only countries where the median income is above 40,000 US dollars. And basically, you just end up narrowing it down, and it would just be like, oh, well, just America and, you know, maybe Britain or something. So, you know, if they were honest, they'd be like, okay, there is no cutoff date. You know, let's, if we're doing reparations, let's do it for everyone. But basically, they're like, okay, any group that is now doing poorly, and they're in a country that has enough money to pay them, that's it. Long story short, that's it. We got a group that's doing poorly and they're in a country that has enough money to pay them, then those are the people who get reparations, and everyone else can get you-know-what. Thanks for listening. Twitter handle at Anti-Woke Podcast, and thanks for listening. Again. <laughs>